Salesflare and this is Founder Coffee. Every few weeks I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company. For this 38th episode I talked to Alex Tuma, co-founder of SaaS Talk, the first and leading conference dedicated to SaaS companies in Europe. After a sales career of about 11 years mostly selling software, Alex got an itch to start his own business. He started a blog about SaaS companies and invited experts to contribute. Very quickly, a podcast followed. He started organizing meetups and a community was formed. After this community expressed the need for a SaaS conference in Europe and the first sponsor signed up, Alex made the jump and founded SaaS Talk. We talk about how SaaS Talk is now going online during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond, how to start a business starting with the audience and why you should never forget that cash is king. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi Alex, it's great to have you on Founder Coffee. It's great to be here, thanks for, thanks for having me. You're co-founder of SaaStock. For those who don't know yet, um, what do you guys do at SaaStock? Yeah, so uh, SaaStock, uh, for five years now, we've been uh, putting on uh, conferences uh, around the world uh, and local uh, events and sort of like meetups. Uh, for the B2B SaaS uh, community, for founders, execs, and investors to come together, uh, rub shoulders, learn from one another, uh, learn from some of the best in the business, uh, you know, through, through the content, uh, a lot of networking and uh, exhibition at uh, our events. So great sort of B2B SaaS so trade shows. So we've been doing that five years. Uh, first conference started in Dublin 2016. We had 700 attendees from 34 different countries. Uh, who came uh, together for for one day uh, really to to learn how to build and grow a SaaS business, um, and yeah, it's kind of taken it from there. So um, this year we're expecting for our Dublin event around about four thousand uh, attendees uh, from around the world, uh, and again, it's kind of morphed into a, a three-stroke four-day uh, conference um, and. Uh, uh, yeah, effectively doing that, we're uh, given the the global kind of situation at the moment and the challenges around uh, uh, the event industry. We are looking to do more online, uh, and so working on stuff uh, around that. But we can kind of get into that uh, later if uh, if we want. Yeah, uh, this online part is that for the the main conference, or is that the other ones as well? I, is that the other ones, or the main conference, or both? No, well, well, actually, so w- what it is is that, um, you, you know, our business, uh, well, we, we've got five conferences or had five conferences scheduled for this year, uh, as well as uh, we had plans for uh, probably, I think it was around 60 um, uh, Sastock local cities to be launched or, or active, all right? And we, we've got about 30 Sastock locals. So these are our kind of local events. Like you, you, the best way to kind of describe it is like a Sastock uh, sort of, you know, powered meetup, right? Um, bringing local communities together. But uh, given that, um, you know, currently we're going through this global health crisis with coronavirus that we, uh, the like all businesses are, are suffering and feeling the impact, and our business, uh, being in the events industry, uh, is suffering and feeling the impact. And uh, we've had to postpone our SASDOC Latam conference, which was uh, scheduled for May in Sao Paulo. That's moved to September, 
uh, now. And we had to postpone our SASTOP North America conference, which is end of June, uh, which was going to take place in San Francisco. And we've pushed that to 2021. Um, so that's not happening this year, which then, you, you know, leaves us as a business with a bit of a void, uh, mm. both in terms of uh, events and th- you know, things to do uh, for the for, uh, first half of the year. Uh, but also, um, you, you know, revenue gaps and, uh, uh, you know, we have to kind of fill these and our team has to kind of work on uh, on, on something. And we can't actually, uh, like really right now, it's not the time to be selling and marketing for our, uh, our conferences, which are happening in the, the second half of the year. Uh, I think partly there's, it's just a, it, it's a bit of a sensitive periods so yeah. to try and you know sell tickets and sponsorship for a for an event that's taking place you know in in uh in a, in a period where we think we will have uh beaten coronavirus right and uh, and sent it packing uh but uh, but still there's so much uncertainty that we can't really do much with those products so what's what what that has meant is that all of our revenue which is tied to our physical events is now like on hold, we saw this. Uh, you know, if you saw the um, like a graph, a revenue graph from the the first week of March, it just jumped off a cliff, uh, and we went to zero. Uh, now, as a business, you, you know, uh, given that we we're not very diversified, you, you know, everything just kind of focused on the the physical events. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to act, and therefore, um, you know, creating um, sort of new revenue streams is something we've been working on and a lot of ideas have been accelerated. So the first thing is that we're going to launch a virtual conference. Um, uh, that'll take place in June. Uh, and right now that has the whole company's attention. Um, and we have, you know, pretty much 90 days to pull together uh, an online conference um, with, you know, we've got to start from scratch, get recruit all the speakers, we're working on, you, you know, the, the right technology sort of platform, which we, we, we are pretty sure that we've found. But, you know, starting from beginning and, and really um, working on something that really should take more than six months, but we're going to do it in 90 days. Um, so uh, that, that's what we're focused on right now. Uh, other things that we'll look at will be things like, you know, online workshops, uh, maybe some uh, form of membership, um, and we're even kind of looking at um, you, you know other ways that we can facilitate uh, startup and investor uh, kind of deal making um, yeah. online uh, and and not just in the the, the physical uh, events. So so bring, trying to bring a lot of the value that we've been doing you know at the actual SaaS conference, bringing that online and finding out what are the ways to do that. Yeah, that sounds like a, a whole a whole list of good ideas. So you're basically trying to yeah, recreate what you have done online for as long yeah. as it takes, and then and then do you plan on also taking that forward afterwards? Or yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, you know, once we we launch these products, um, they will remain uh, assu- assuming that they're successful, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but we we see a uh, a need. Uh, we've seen a need for these, you know, before coronavirus, right? And again, like if you look at the traditional uh, sort of like partnership model, um, you, you know, in terms of a, like we're, we're talking to a customer um, who wants to exhibit at our conference, right? And they want brand awareness. They want lead generation. Uh, and they get that. And they get that. They pay, you, you know, not an in, insignificant amount of money. Uh, and they, they get that at, you know, two days of the conference. So two days of the year, you know, they pay their money 
and they get you, you know their return of investment you, you know from uh, from that uh, uh, agreement right um, but actually you, you know how can we help them be successful all year round right you know how mm-hmm. can we how can we introduce that, give them leads all year round, right? You know, the, this sort of thing. So we've been thinking about these sort of things. Uh, and again, like with the startups, uh, you know, they come to SaaS stock and they want to meet investors, you know, many of them do. Um, but then they have two days to book a load of meetings, you know, and, uh, and really kind of like do well at the conference um, uh, by navigating which VCs that they can connect with. And the same with the VCs that they're, they're looking like, how do we meet? these startups, uh, who are the ones to meet, who are the hot startups, um, and, you know, try and find out of 3,000, you know, uh, startups, uh, like which are the ones to, uh, uh, which are the ones to connect. And they have two days to kind of figure that out. Now, we know there are other conferences where they go and, uh, you, you know, they connect with startups kind of all year round. But for us, how do we provide that value, you know, not just on those, you know, two or three days at SASDOC yeah. in in Dublin, so we're, we're figuring that stuff out. We're like the virtual conference will be the, the the first thing, and again, assuming that the virtual conference is is a success, uh, I think this is something that we'll certainly look to kind of keep and, and, and maybe uh, expand as well. So maybe do more than one virtual conference per year. Um, I think one of the, the the limitations before has really been, I think, uh, maybe it's two things, but mainly the technology. Um, so we've, we, you know, what I've seen on virtual conferences previously have been almost like a, the zoom light technology, right? We're, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing this on, on zoom right now, having this chat, uh, and, and it, it's great for that kind of, you know, sort of one-to-one kind of conversation. Um, what I've seen on, on virtual conferences is you, you have two people speaking and then you have a, like a, a chat stream, uh, you know, on the right-hand side or the left-hand side and people asking questions, right? And it's mm-hmm. not the best experience. It's not very interactive. Uh, but actually now there's technology out there uh, that really is replicating almost every, almost everything that you can do, you know, at SASDOC in Dublin. You can now do it online, right? So we can have multiple stages of content. We can have breakout sessions. We can have workshops, we can run round tables. We can run like private tables and discussion forums. We can have segmented networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can have a virtual exhibition. So it's pretty cool, like in terms of what the technology is there. Uh, you, you know, and, and I guess like you know some of the positives, right? Um, I mean, I still believe like I, I love meeting people in person, right? And I, I don't think there is much better than you know meeting people in uh, in person. But uh, if you think about some of the other positives in terms of sustainability, right? It's better for the environment. People don't need to get on a plane. Uh, less time, you know, out of the office. Less cost, uh, you know, um, more accessible. So perhaps, you know, for conferences, uh, maybe they're not always accessible for, for everybody. Um, and, and so by bringing this online and bringing the SaaS stock value online in a virtual conference, we're making it more, uh, you, you know, accessible for, for everyone to a broader audience around the world, more affordable, you know, uh, it, it's better for the environment, um, better for people's time, um, yet we'll deliver the same high quality content and, uh, you, you know, networking. So pretty, pretty excited about it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah you, you mentioned there were two big issues. One was technology. What was the other one? Yeah, uh, good, good, good memory. The other one is related to the technology, I think, and that's the mindset. Uh, and I think there will have to be a mindset shift that we hope to be a big part of because, People haven't had great experiences in virtual conferences before, uh, I don't think. And, and also, 
like how you participate in virtual conferences. Again, partly, I think, because of the, uh, the, the technology not quite being there until now. Uh, but, you know, when you're at home or when you're in the office and you're, you've signed up to a virtual conference and there's eight hours of content, right, you're going to be distracted by you've got, you know, you're on your laptop, you've got emails coming in, you've got your colleagues slacking you. You, you know, you're not 100% there, I, I, I don't think, right? Whereas, obviously, if you've flown to Dublin and, you, you know, you've committed whatever, you've come with your team and you've spent, you know, three grand on tickets and you bought your flights and your hotel and you come with your game plan. Like, I, I you, you know, I saw uh, that you, you had your game plan for, you know, coming to Dublin and all the meetings that you're booking in advance, right? You're there and you're fully there and you know that's where you're focused on and getting your ROI from those, you, you know, uh, sort of two days. So I think people will uh, come into sort of the virtual conferences that are this year and come into SASDOC remote, which is what we'll call, or what we are calling the uh, uh, the virtual event. Uh, and, and they may have a bit of negativity uh, related to, you know, previous experiences uh, around that. Um, and what we hope to kind of educate them is actually to kind of see that, you, you know, need to come into this with almost that same sort of mindset as you do when you're coming, you know, flying into a physical conference. Now, it's not going to be quite the same. You know, we, we understand that there, there, there are going to be some differences to that um, and that people are not going to be stuck to their screen for eight hours, right, without breaks and, and so on. Um, but we, we, we hope that we can be a pioneer here and really kind of, you know, help uh, change that, that mindset. And then people, when they come out, you know, after the two days of SASDOC Remote, and, you, you know, they say, wow, you know, this has really kind of, you know, changed my perception of uh, the value of virtual conferences and virtual events. And we may even, and, but I hope we don't, but we may even lose some people that, you, you know, wanted to go to the, you, you know, uh, the, the physical conferences, but actually realize maybe they can just get as much value, you know, uh, online and that they don't need to fly uh, yeah. to, uh, to, to, to Dublin or wherever. Yeah. What do you think about, um, because I'm currently doing quite some webinars with other companies uh, and there's a lot of these out there and nobody ever has to pay for any of those. So I'm yep. wondering what you think the willingness to pay will be for um, a virtual conference like this. I, I understand that yep. the cost structure will probably be completely different for you as well. Yeah. probably some stuff you can do, but do you think that people will fully adapt in their mindset also to not only to having to commit their time in a certain way, but also to paying and to, yeah, there's, I, it's a big shift, I think. Yeah, it, it, it is. A, it is a big shift. I mean, there, there are already and have been, you, you know, virtual conferences where, uh, you, you know, you, you pay for tickets, right? And I think it's, it's just around the value and I think uh, articulating the value. And again, like, uh, I mean, we will, of course, you know, pull together a, you know, a very kind of strong product, uh, you know, from speakers through to the content uh, that we'll be uh, delivering, right? Um, uh, but again, thinking about certainly in this moment, uh, whereby, you know, it, it is uh, quite uncertain right now in terms of like uh, what, what is happening. Everybody is at home um, and, and people will likely be at home uh, or perhaps, you know, in the office, but not really kind of traveling by the time, uh, you know, of June the 10th and 11th when SASDOC Remote is taking place. Uh, and, and people kind of still have that need, you know, desire to kind of learn, to connect with each other, 
um, you know, to raise capital. Uh, and all of that value that we provide in our physical events, uh, we will provide this, you know, uh, and perhaps more uh, within the virtual conference. Uh, mm. and, and, and people, you know, they don't have an option to go to a physical event. Uh, so when I think, you know, this is put to them and they see that, you know, well, okay, I can go here. Uh, I've got the time because I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm at home. Uh, I, I can learn, uh, you know, from some great new content. You know, I can meet people. I can, um, you know, perhaps raise capital. I can do business, uh, lead generation, business development for my business, right? I think when you articulate that value, again, like let's say beyond a webinar, which is typically just kind of learning, right? Um, you, you know, there, there's a lot more many more layers here and i think people can kind of see the value in that uh, but uh, but still it, like it, some people will be used to not kind of paying and, and, and may find it challenging but uh, i think the timing is uh, is very good right uh, because mm. there, there there is a need for people to, to 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 come together at this moment yeah no for sure for sure yeah the, the reason why we go to events like sas uh, if you go with salesforce it's mostly um to meet up that could be with investors. It could be for partnerships. Um, I'm wondering whether this is something you can recreate in a similar way. I mean, we're meeting people online already in things like Facebook groups, but maybe there is something like I was, I was talking to a, um, a conference organizer yesterday um, and they were considering making virtual boots, but they didn't know yet how that will look. Is that yep. something you've been thinking about? Or? Yeah, there, there, there'll be a virtual exhibition uh, again. So it's it's almost like if you took the template of SASDOC Dublin and put it online, uh, this will be the experience that you'll have at SASDOC Remote with a few nuances and, and, and a few new things and exciting things. Um, uh, you, you know, so uh, again, like uh, for, for instance, um, there'll be, you know, uh, in terms of like, uh, one of the networking functions, there'll be like a chat roulette style sort of networking. So you can go to meet with like random people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, at the event, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but um, uh, around the exhibition, yes, we will, we will be having, um, you, you know, partners exhibit. So you'll see like when you go into, uh, you know, sas.remote, uh, that there will be an expo floor. Uh, there you'll see the, the partners uh, that who will be exhibiting. You can click into a partner, um, and perhaps if they're a, a, like a, a bronze type level, you know, they might just, if you go into that booth, there might just be a video of like, what, what is that, um, you know, product, what are they selling? Uh, and then you can request more info, like leave your information so they can, you know, generate some opportunities there. But then if you're maybe like a, a gold level partner or something like that, you know, you could, you'd actually have like sales reps at the booth. So you go in, uh, to the partner um, you know, click on it, say it's like Salesflare, click on Salesflare's sort of branding and their booth, you go in and there's, uh, there's Jerome there, uh, you know, manning the booth and it's like, hey, how can I help you? You know, have a conversation about the product. Uh, you can run some content there, um, you, you know, and again, have a few more sort of like customized features and sort of like advertising and stuff like that. So there, there, there will be these kind of, um, you, you know, the, these virtual booths and uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's pretty cool. And again, like right now, you, you know, all of these, uh, are like our customers, uh, you know, who typically exhibit at, you know, hundreds maybe of uh, trade shows and conferences throughout the year, 
you know, they're, they're unable to do that right now, right? And, uh, uh, but they, as a business, still have a need, you know, to, to, to grow, to sell, to generate revenue. Um, and I think a lot of them are, uh, you know, they've pivoted their sort of budget towards digital marketing because they can't do any field marketing right now. Um, and this is a way, you know, again, that we kind of solve that, uh, you know, problem for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, so it, it's, it's pretty exciting and it's been very, very well received. Even I, I announced, uh, I, I did a, a video on LinkedIn on, uh, on Monday where mm-hmm. we announced the, the postponement of the conferences. Uh, and I only mentioned like, we're going to do a virtual conference. Um, you, you know, I, I said it once. Um, and there was no other information. And then we just had a lot of uh, inbound and interest and people saying, hey, let us know when you're doing that, right? Like we're, we're really interested. So uh, again, I just think, you know, for, for, for the moment, a uh, solution like this is, uh, is great and, and, and it seems to be what people, uh, what, what people need. And so timing, again, whilst we, we're in a, 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 an unfortunate, um, you know, moment, you know, in, in the world and, and, and 2020 sucks largely, right? Uh, mm-hmm. for, 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 for a lot of people. Um, but if you look at, I think, the success of SaaS stock initially, um, was largely timing had a big factor uh, in it um, because we were first to market in Europe with uh, with the SaaS conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one thing, being first to market, but also riding the wave of SaaS. So, you know, SaaS was kind of at that point, you know, where you're seeing it, it you know, kind of hockey stick up and then uh, the success of SaaS uh, you know, effective, you know, had an effect on the success of SaaS stock, right? So as SaaS keep, continues to grow, so does SaaS stock. Uh, and I think now, uh, again, uh, and hopefully it doesn't sound too crass, but, you, you know, given, uh, I guess, the changes in the world and the issues with coronavirus and whatnot, um, you know, perhaps now, like, you know, the timing of launching these kind of, you know, uh, virtual conferences and online propositions, uh, again, will be good, you, you know, for, for SaaS stock if we get it right and good for our customers and good for our community. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you been thinking about also rethinking conference concept? Like right now it seems like you're uh, recreating the SaaS stock experience online, uh, but maybe you could like do a workshop like every few weeks and have specific people come instead of having it all in one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, certainly online workshops is, is, is again, one of the ideas that we uh, are not only exploring, but we, we're, we're pursuing. Um, I do think the, uh, so your, your question is about sort of right, rethinking the, uh, you know, the, the conference kind of uh, proposition, right. And experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, Certainly, this and what's happening um, is is a wake up call, maybe for everybody in the in the conference world and the, the trade show world to actually say, well, look, you know, our proposition, our product, is is I don't know about dated, right? Because I mean, certainly we try and innovate at SASDOC and we try and keep it fresh. And there are there's some great events like out there, right? And um, you, you know, again, like Slush being one of them, we. We, we, we had some fun at Slush, right? And, uh, um, but I think, it, I think there, there is a point where you sort of realize, well, look, you, you know, the, the conferences are, are quite, can be quite samey. Maybe some of them, you, you know, haven't really kind of changed in terms of format for, for years, but they, they certainly work and, and they generate, you, you know, for many, uh, you know, many of the successful conferences are, you know, they're multi-million dollar 
uh, you know, events. Um, yet, uh, I think now is really, you, you know, the time to think about innovation, right? And, and, and that's what we're doing. And we, we have that time. We can't, we can't run a physical conference, right, at, at the moment. So um, I think it is, uh, you, you know, uh, time to rethink, like, stuff and come up with some ideas. Uh, and when, when I say that, you know, you could take the, the template of Dublin, the Dublin event, and put it, you know, online, we can do that, but also we don't want it to be the same, right? There's the SASDOC remote will not be the same as SASDOC 20 in Dublin. Um, and we want to have new experiences in a, a, in a different way in, in SASDOC remote. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll, uh, we'll do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck. Um, maybe uh, a bit more into the uh, usual founder coffee interview. Um, yeah. It, it would be interesting to know why you actually, why you actually started Sastock. Like, what yep. was the moment that you thought Europe needs something like this? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, it was never a grand design, right? I um, I had eleven year sales career, uh, and then t- towards the end of that career, I was you know getting a little bit sort of itchy itchy entrepreneurial feet uh, and thinking, well, you, you know, I'm, I've entered into my 30s. I don't think I want to be selling other people's software for the rest of my life. Uh, um, you know, I've had a good time doing it for 11 years and, you know, had some varying degrees of success. Uh, yet, uh, I, I really had that urge to kind of, you know, be an entrepreneur, to build something. But I didn't know didn't know what that would be, right? I I I, I didn't have a great idea at the time. Um, so what I did, I, I I just kind of started like pushing myself a little bit more to do some you know uh, extracurricular stuff, uh, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, and effectively, what that was was I, I started uh, or, or how that looked. I started a blog called mm-hmm. Sascribe back in February 2015. How's it called? Uh, Sascribe, S W A S C R I B E, and started that. And, uh, and I thought I, I tell you what the world I, I thought the world needed was a a blog for the SaaS community uh, that was you know non vendor, uh, non biased, right? So it was, uh, and what I mean, it was like you know a VC is not writing the blog, and they're not. Uh, writing the blog to kind of you, you know uh, promote their portfolio or get deal flow, uh, or the vendor, the vendors like you know Salesflare has a blog or Box has a blog, uh, mm. but what they're looking to do is educate their customers and attract new customers. So here, I you know I wasn't a vendor, I wasn't a VC, but I thought I'd, I'd write a blog about SaaS anyway and about you you know how do you build and grow a SaaS business now. I thought the idea was good. The, the challenge there was actually like, what the fuck did I know about building and growing a SaaS business, right? I'd, I'd never done it. Um, and, um, and also, I, I wasn't a great writer. So I kind of almost set myself up to fail from the blog perspective. But actually, uh, I quickly realized that, uh, I, that I, I think still that the idea is good yet my limitations are I'm not an expert in, you know, building a SaaS company. 
uh, and I'm not a great writer. So why don't I get some experts and great writers to create the content? Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, I think this is one of the, like the great things in, in SaaS was that I reached out to to people, um, you know, like Lincoln Murphy, Nicole Elizabeth De Mare, and like some others like at the time. Uh, and I said, look, here's my idea. I'm running this SaaS blog. You know, it, it's a community driven SaaS blog. Um, we're going you know, to publish, you know, content to kind of help others that are like growing SaaS businesses. Would you like to uh, create some original content, you know, uh, for the blog? Like, I'm not going to pay you anything, but you, you know, you would just do this out of the kindness of your heart and the, for the love of community and for the love of SaaS. And, and you know what? Like, I'm just uh, sort of surprised by how many people were just like, "Yeah, sure, we, we'll." Sp- spend some, you know, a few hours creating some content around customer success and give it to you and put it on your blog. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and that's kind of how, how that started. And so actually that, that did work and that took off. Um, and so like after a few months, we, we were having like from a standstill, like, you know, from zero to 30,000 like visitors a month, right? Mm-hmm. So again, like timing, timing was quite good. Um, the idea was quite good, but it was still like very rough around the edges. Uh, and uh, like a, a couple of months sort of into it, I was like, why don't I do a podcast as well? And I was like, uh, this was at the time when Serial had sort of like, you know, uh, started like trending and making podcasts cool again. Um, and uh, I was like, I'll do a podcast and uh, to supplement the, the blog. Uh, again, like I, I was getting on podcast calls with, you know, Mark Roberge, uh, who's the former CEO of HubSpot. Owen McCabe, CEO of Intercom, you know, Byron Dieter from Bessemer Venture Partners and the like. And really, I, I, felt, um, uh, I felt like, oh my God, like I, I'm not going to be able to speak to these guys, right? Because I, I really uh, don't know enough about SaaS and growing a business, but I just kind of, you know, persisted anyway. Um, and I think, again, the timing was good because this was five years ago. So I'm, I'm pretty confident uh, that the, the SaaS revolution show, which, which is still going like today, uh, five years later is the first uh, uh, podcast in the B2B SaaS space uh, around, and, and again, just like focused on, on how do you build and grow a SaaS business. Um, so I kind of got through the, the, the first year of doing that podcast, um, uh, being a, an imposter uh, really, but then learning from everybody I was speaking to. Uh, but uh, once we had the blog and the podcast, I started doing some local meetups and then all of a sudden you've got a community there. You've got a blog, you've got a podcast, you've got some local meetups and people that you meet in person. Uh, you've got an email list, right? And, and uh, at the meetups, uh, people were saying, look, hey, you know, Europe needs a SaaS conference. And Alex, like, we think you're the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, really? Okay, maybe. Uh, but I don't know how to run a conference. I've never done it before. So surely I'll fail if I do it. Uh, but then the, the idea just resonated, struck a chord. And the more and more I thought about it, um, the more I, uh, I believed in it. And, uh, and that's when I, I, I packed in the day job and, and, and went forth and, and started Sastock. And the first one, as I said, was in, in 2016. And uh, it was a, a relative uh, success. Yeah. So you were saying that the whole time that you were manning the blog, doing the podcast, all that. It was only from the moment that you said, I'm going to do a conference that you uh, like ended your full-time job. Correct. Yeah. I was, I was doing the blog and the podcast um, initially whilst I was working full-time. 
So I was doing that, you know, in the evening, sometimes during the daytime, but hopefully the uh, uh, former employees are, are not listening, but uh, mostly in the evening. And um, yeah, it, it, it was at the point where uh, I'd, I'd actually thought about how do I monetize the blog before then and, and looked into, you know, advertising and looked into sponsorship and uh, neither of those were, were really going to uh, be a business. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but it was, the, it was the events part, which actually I saw, you know, you could create a big business there. Uh, and beyond there being a big business, you know, there's a real need, you know, the, the, uh, the market, the, the, the people were, were asking for it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I think this is like you could generalize this as good advice for anyone who wants to start a business. I think is is to um, don't start working on it full time at first. Yeah. Uh, first, start exploring next to your job, even if you have to go part time for it. Uh, what is it that you want to do? Uh, ideally, like you did build up an audience of people that you want to bring something to and, and then things just flow from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what happened to you. Basically you, you, you build a blog, you build a podcast and then people say, well, like a conference and you never know where this leads. Right. Uh, absolutely. And, and so, yeah, that there is a, a pretty kind of common path you see with a lot of people that start businesses and they, they do it that way. But you also see, uh, you, you know, some other, um, uh, examples that I see, like for instance, uh, like a friend of mine, um, you, you know, uh, he wanted to kind of do the same thing, but in a different space, he wanted to launch a conference business. And I sort of advised him, I said, well, look, you know, I started with the blog. I did almost did a year of groundwork, right. Mm -hmm. Um, in, 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 in doing the blog and the podcast and the meetups. And then, you know, we went with a conference and then for you just to start a conference, like without doing any of that, right? Without building that audience and that trust and stuff, it's, it's going to be difficult. And he didn't manage to get that off the ground. Um, and another example I see again, so uh, obviously at, at the point where I knew the conference business would work and I had those uh, initial early evangelists. And in fact, um, you know, we had people like uh, Chart Mogul, who were our first sponsor for the conference, you, you know, pay 12 months in advance of the conference and before we had a website. So, you, you know, our, our first customers... Um, you know, uh, again, sort of giving us that commitment. Uh, I, uh, that was kind of when I knew to go all in. That's the time when I, I, I quit the job and went all in on this. And and only by being all in uh, did I make it work. But I've got friends who are still running their like side hustles on top of their day jobs and too scared to go all in because they don't want to give up that salary. And they're just doing that for years and years. And uh, I, I think that's that, that's tough, right? Yeah, that's that's indeed the other the other thing to be afraid of <laughs> you just get stuck in whatever yeah. Uh, yeah it's indeed like validated and then make the jump yeah at some point you just need to go uh, do it i actually did a similar thing as well but not building up an audience though that would have been nice uh but also starting to work part-time and start a project until something was validated and then uh, we got into a startup accelerator and all that and we said, okay, now we go all in because otherwise this will never get off the ground. Yeah, smart move. Um, we don't have a lot of time anymore, I think, so I'm going to uh, start wrapping up. Um, 
like towards things you learned recently. If if you would um, start all over with with Sastock, um, what would you do differently? You think? We just said that the yep. trajectory you took was maybe a good one, but were there things you would change? Yeah. Yeah, what would I do differently? Um, I mean, probably a, a lot of things. Uh, but I, I think like one of the mistakes I, uh, or key sort of mistakes I made in, in, in the first year uh, was didn't really have a mentor around that, you know, had the conference experience, right? So mm. uh, somebody to kind of go with and say, hey, look at my P&L, does this make sense? Or how do I price things, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I definitely, I overspent, you know, the first year. Um, we, we lost money uh, and that could have killed us, but then I managed to kind of recover uh, the situation, right? Um, so mm. I, th I think I would have done that differently, um, uh, certainly in, in the first year. Um, I think if I look at last year again, I mean, I, I make, I make mistakes every year, <laughs> but uh, hopefully fewer. Um, but like last year we, we went global in one big bang in terms of we went, you know, the, we had our Dublin conference and then, uh, we went from having one conference to having one in Latin America, one in Australia, one in Asia, uh, two in the U S yeah, and our Dublin event, and we weren't really set up. We weren't ready as a company for that. And you've got to have all of these processes in place, really, to kind of make that work. And we didn't. Uh, and so each event we managed to uh, pull off, but it was like you know firefighting, like one after the other, uh, to kind of get you know it to where we needed to, needed it to be. And that's very stressful for mm -hmm. you know, for the team and for the company. So uh, I think I wouldn't have you know in, in retrospect rather than going from one conference to six, as we did last year, uh, in five different continents, maybe it would have been smarter to go from one to two, right? Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, again, but um, so, so that's something uh, certainly that I've, uh, I've learned I would do differently, uh, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, are there any, for, for everyone who's at home right now and has a lot of time to read books, yeah. Uh, any good books you've read recently and um, and why did you choose to read maybe one book and why did you choose to read that one yeah 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 uh, yeah good question um, I read quite a lot although it's going to be interesting now because I read on my commute and I can't commute <laughs> right now. so like uh, I don't know if I have to dedicate some reading time uh, in the mornings or in the afternoons and uh, when I you know, I'm, I'm in the office, but maybe I'll have to do that. Um, but um, I tell you, a really good book I read uh, recently and that I've recommended to uh, a few members of my team is a book called Business for Punks. Um, and it is by James Watts, who is the co-founder of BrewDog. Um, so yeah. if you know BrewDog beer, uh, I know the Belgians like their, their beer. This is, um, uh, they're like a craft uh, brewery up in Scotland. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think they're around sort of like 50 million in revenue now, and they have like quite a few diversified sort of uh, um, you know products. So starting with beer, but now they're in the restaurant business and you know some other uh, bits and bobs. But um, I, it was a it was a fascinating read, and I, I read it in about two days. Uh, I just love the way that 
he kind of speaks. I love their branding, their marketing. The messaging was like just resonated with me. A lot of good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really good session uh, uh, section around marketing. But I think I think these guys are crushing it at marketing, right? So if you want to learn about business and running a business, there's excellent advice in there. But also, if you want to look at and learn about how to do like some really cool marketing, there's some great advice in there as well. So business for punks, and I found that. Um, I was one of the newsletters that I subscribed to, somebody recommended it and, uh, um, that's how I came across it. Cool. Last question. Uh, (laughs) a bit more of a difficult one. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever got? Oof. Best piece of advice I've ever got. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how much good advice I've I've actually ever had, uh, uh, to be honest. Um, What's the last good piece of advice you've ever got? Yeah, the last piece of good advice. Um, I I mean, like one thing which I I think you know is is definitely sort of good advice. But look, we, um, you know, as as you know, the the saying I think what is it? Uh, Revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, but cash is king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is sound advice and it's advice that, and, and I'm seeing that a lot, especially in these times, uh, you, you know, your cash is king right now for every business. Certainly. Uh, and, uh, but what SAS doc and my kind of mistake was again, being a first time entrepreneur, I was looking at the revenue and uh, you know, the revenue is vanity part and the vanity of revenue over the profitability in cash, you know, for uh, certainly for the last sort of few years. Um, and now like the mindset is, is definitely changed. Um, and I'm looking to, you know, build a much more kind of profitable, sustainable business and build, you know, build out our, uh, you, you know, cash resources. Um, because before I've been very much, uh, walking a tightrope, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, certainly in the cash flow, a department and just focused on, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, setting a revenue goal and then just kind of working on that, but not really working on other areas of, uh, you know, the, the business or the finance side. So, um, yeah. mature, maturing around that, uh, and learning through mistakes again around that. Cool. Thank you. Thank you again for being on Founder Coffee. It was really great to have you. No worries. Great to, great to have you. Enjoyed the coffee. Enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed the chat. Uh, as always that's it for this episode of founder coffee we hope you liked it let the world know if you did thanks for listening guys